Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. Uh, as always, I am Rick. Uh, you are Alex. Hello, Alex. Yes, I am Alex. And you are Paula. Say hello, Paula. Hello. Try something a little bit different. I feel like if someone jumps in now, I'm just like, here's Alex and Paula, and they're going to have to wait 15 minutes to know who's who. But I know most of you have been here for a long time, and you all know how this goes. We're going to talk about what we've beaten, retired, and played. Uh, we're going to crack on to our topic, which is series we should like, but for whatever reason don't. Uh, and then we're going to finish with the brand new, but not so new now, because we've already done one cycle of it, version of How, how Long, long, to, long beat to Beat the, the game. game. Oh, wow, that was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you just got to wait for the recording. <laughs> it has. Yeah, it's, uh, um, to give you guys a bit of a clue in before we get there, um, last week we did finish the first round of the new format of How Long to Beat the Game, uh, which was won by yours truly. I am still deciding. Uh, what fresh pain I'm going to inflict upon my co-host, <laughs> i.e. what month is going to be my month as a reward. Um, but we are starting from zero, zero, zero when we play this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't got a good segue, but I am going to jump in with what I've beaten. Have either of you played the Stanley Parable before I jump in? No, I've heard of it, I but I've never... but I've seen some gameplay of it. Hmm. Okay, interesting. So... Um, for anyone who's listening and doesn't know, The Stanley Parable is a um, source game from about a decade ago. Uh, very narrative focused, very meta. Uh, I don't want to say any more because to spoil this game um, is to ruin, I think, one of the quintessential gaming experiences of the past decade. I really do think it's that good and that important um, to gaming. Uh, the devs have been working for a few years on a, I want to say, Unreal port of the original game um, with enhancements and new stuff. Uh, and I played it. It's one of the two games I beat in the past couple of weeks. Now, if, um, like my co-host, you have not played it, this is the way to play it. Um, it looks like you would have remembered playing it originally. It's all been touched up. It's all lovely. Um, no problems, no bugs, no anything that I encountered. Um, and there's a little bit of extra content there. It is more or less content complete from the previous version. I think there are a couple of minor changes, but nothing you'd notice unless you're actively looking for it. Uh, the rub is that I'd already played it. And if you're someone who played the original, um, even with the very generous discount that they gave to people who owned the existing version, I just don't think it's worth playing again. Um, it, what they add is not insignificant, but it's, it doesn't really feel like enough. Um, so I, I actually ended up refunding the game. I, I played the first hour. I was like, I've, I've just bought the same game a second time. So um, I, I got rid. Uh, and that's not to say that it isn't a fantastic game. It really, really is. But if you've already played it, this this doesn't need um, a second purchase. You don't need to go at it again. Unless you would like to play it on Switch or PlayStation or Xbox because the port uh, is playable on all those systems. And I think actually um, playing it on Switch could be pretty fun. I think it, it's quite a good game to sort of curl up in bed with on a steam deck or a switch and and just experience there's no um, twitch controls you don't really need to be precise in any way to do it i think it's quite well suited to that kind of experience um and i would really really encourage both of you to seek it out because i think you'd both get a massive kick out of it um the other game oh may i add something before Hmm? um for those who are yet to play it and want to play it remember to get the wrong closet ending yes (laughs) Yes, yes. And also check out their Twitter because they have put a couple of memes in there that they couldn't actually get onto uh, the game itself for copyright and other reasons. 
Um, but their, their Twitter is a good fun place to be. Um, but yeah, no, definitely both play that. I think you especially, Alex, would get a kick out of it. But both of you, it's absolutely the kind of thing you should be. Yeah. Um, is, is this game on Game Pass? I feel like... I feel... If it is, then that is absolutely the way to go because it's pretty short. Um, it, it, it's, there's lots and lots of endings. A single run maybe take you five to 15 minutes, depending on which ending you go for. Mm. Yeah, this um, one is on my backlog. Um, maybe it is. Actually, it's on the... Um, I stole this game from my boyfriend backlog. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, the other thing I'd say as well with this, because I've known some people who've sort of said, oh, I'll just watch it on um, YouTube kind of thing. Without, again, without spoiling anything, the game is very, very reactive. Um, and although it is a narrative experience, I think you do lose a lot from not manually um, playing the game. I don't, I don't think it's well suited to that. Um, by contrast to some other games we've talked about where we have said, just watch it on YouTube. Earthbound comes to mind when Alex played that a little while back. Um, speaking of games Alex has played, uh, one you've retired, actually, I found out recently, or was yes. reminded recently. Um, <laughs> my other completion, which, again, doubly ironically, uh, was bought for me by Alex, um, is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Or was it one of you bought it I for think me anyway? Paola got this yeah. one for you. Might have been Paola, yeah. It, it's one of you. I love you both equally. Um <laughs> and i liked but did not love this game um again a little bit of context it was a kickstarted game um it was backed and and created by a man called koji igarashi um who was instrumental in the development of like 2d castlevania uh, from sympathy of the night all the way through to order of ecclesia i believe um this is a castlevania game in all but name um does all the same things there is a hidden optional boss that is basically one of the Belmonts um, and has all of those moves and, and gives you... Um, is it the... No. Which classic side weapon is it that like goes forth and spinny thing and comes back? Is it, is it the cross? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh. Whichever one that is, it gives I think you it an is attack the cross. just like that. You get the same axe throw attack should you choose to equip it. Uh, this game is just packed to the brim with stuff. I think slightly to its detriment, I know that you've mentioned, Alex, um, in previous uh, conversations that the the amount of crafting and grinding and looting and all those kinds of things put you off quite a lot. Um, yeah. For the most part, I have to say, I didn't mind that too much. I think if I was more of a completionist, it might have bothered me. Um, there is one caveat to that. And that is that to complete the game, i.e. complete the game properly, because you can beat the game in about six hours and get a game over screen yeah. um, instead of a proper ending. But to get the actual ending, um, you are required to either accidentally or instinctively know to, or as I did, go and find a guide to tell you to um, attack a certain enemy repeatedly until it gives you an ability that you need to progress. Uh, it's not really signposted. There are three or four instances, not like that, but similar to that, where it's just not obvious what you need to do. Um, I I actually resorted to a guide for a good few portions of this game where I got stuck. Um, and I'm I'm a fan of Metroidvanias. I'm not averse to you know moving around the map and trying to find things. But there are some things that really were moon logic um, in in terms of what was required of you as the player um, to intuit and, and guess and work out. Which is a shame because actually I found myself liking the mechanics a lot. Um, the story 
It's nothing groundbreaking, but it was good enough. It was interesting. Um, the world definitely doesn't live up to some of Vega's pre- some of Vega's previous games, but it is really nice. It feels well put together. It all feels relatively cohesive. I suppose that brings me to my my main problem with this. I, I fluctuated between like a seven and a nine mm. um, at, at various points in my playthrough. I ended up settling on an eight. Um, again, we've talked about this before. For Metrovania's an eight just isn't quite good enough, unfortunately. Um, and beyond even that. With the exception of maybe Harmony of Dissonance, I wouldn't recommend this game over any of Eager's previous Castlevania games. Yeah, and I think that's kind of a problem because I, I it, it's say... a niche appeal. It's only people who've already played six or seven other excellent games who might want to then go and play a slightly inferior version of those. And, and you know, I fall firmly into that category, and I had a really good time with it. And I'm glad I played it, and I enjoyed uh, the majority of the time I spent with it. But in terms of should you listening play this game? It's a tricky one. I, I would be more inclined to say go and start at Araya or Sorrow and go from there and then see how you feel. Yeah, especially because those Game Boy games are like, they're not, they're great, easy to get into. And now they're on the Switch, right? So it's like one of these yeah. things where I'm like, and, and I actually would really liken it to Harmony of Dissonance in its kind of um, bullshittery in some ways. <laughs> like of all the games, I started with Harmony of Dissonance and that's a game that I firmly believe now is almost impossible to beat without a guide because it's just... Um, it's a little bit arcane. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't so signpost it very well. A little bit like that as well, but yeah. Aria Sorrow, not at all. Like that's a game you can like you can go through and have a great time with and it's like pretty much a masterpiece as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, this game is just kind of in that like, like between the circle and harmony area and like worse for me at least <laughs> like because at least those other ones felt better to control i don't know it's just it was just less bloated and less bloated less yeah bloated. this is a yeah. perfect example of kickstarter going wrong where like there's too much shit put into the game you know it's like for the sake of it being there yeah and, and to give listeners a bit of context there are five different shard systems that you can pick up uh, <laughs> one of which is for familiars so again symphony of the night just copy pasted uh there is a cooking system there is a crafting system uh, there are three different quest givers that give you various different kinds of quests. Mm-hmm. It, it's just a bit of a mess. And then on top of all that, um, you find bookshelves around the world that tell you weapon-specific special moves. <laughs> yeah. um, I did not use those once because you don't need to. It's just a waste of everyone's time to kind of be in there. Um, so yeah, if, if you're listening to this and you've looked at Bloodstained and you think it looks up your alley, play before you even contemplate it, Symphony of the Night, Aria of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow, Portrait of Ruin, Order of Ecclesia. In that order, all Stone Cold classics. And then if you loved those, maybe give yourself you know, a bit of time for a palate cleanser and then come back to Bloodstained. Because yeah. um, those are games that hold up so well. Like I've, I've played Symphony of the Night just like a year or two ago and like all that shit holds up really, really well. <laughs> mm, I, I, I need to go back and play Order of Ecclesia. That's my absolute favorite. Uh, but the... They're all 10 out of 10s. They're all just all killer, no filler, sort of 10 to 12 hours. Yeah. Perfection or as close as you can expect to get to all with their own differences and different sort of quirks that will keep it fresh as an extended play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's what I played. Paula, you have nothing this week, do you? I have nothing. <laughs> uh, also, I'd be like looking at Bloodstain Blast- Blast- Ritual of the Night on my Steam list and thinking, hey, maybe I could be a rebel and just play it without playing everything you listed. <laughs> if you want. 
<laughs> I mean, listen, it's your life. What no scares me that. is that if people jump onto that as a first, I think they're going to hate these type of games. <laughs> like, that's what worries me a bit is like, it's just not a good example of it. You know, like, I'm glad I started with the Castlevanias that are like classics because I love this type of game now. You know what I mean? Or maybe it's the other mm-hmm. way around. Maybe you'll enjoy it and then you'll be able to go play the other games that are better and be like, oh, wow, these are so much better. Um, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I think my bigger worry is that people play it like it, get stuck and can't finish it, and just nope out of frustration. Yeah. Because um, there are a couple of times where, had I not thought, oh, I'll just Google it, I might have done the same. Yeah. So, yeah. What about you, Alex? You've got you've got a few completions this week. Yeah, I beat a bunch of stuff this week. Um, first off, I beat Yakuza Kiwami. Um, I, I powered through this. Like, I put it on easy, and I powered through. And like I did like a little bit of I, I did some of the Majima Everywhere stuff, which is fucking hilarious. Um, but man, I feel bad for anyone who like triple S that because you would have to fight Majima so many times. Like he is literally everywhere. Although he didn't really show up for me until like almost halfway through the game, I think, because I was powering through it so much that I think I kind of like I wasn't really going through Kamurocho all that much because I know Kamurocho like the back of my goddamn hand now. Like that map, I've played so many games with that map at this point because Judgment has it, then Kuami has it, and um, like, like a Dragon is, is in a whole different area in Ninjinsho. But like, um, anyway, so I, I knew it pretty well. And the story in this one, um, I actually think, so it's really disappointing compared to zero. And that's mostly because it's the same story for, um, for Kazuma as it is in zero in in a way, like it's not exactly the same, but a lot of the beats are very, very similar. Like even to like the big conclusion moment is like quite similar um, to the first one. Although like, you know, the, the new villain is, uh, I have to laugh though. Did I tell you guys about this? I don't know if I did. There's like a moment in it where like the villain. Okay. So the villain, before he becomes a villain, his hair is like kind of down, like sort of in front of his face, like kind of like a normal hairstyle. And then at one point he kills a dude and he goes like, he like takes his hands and he like grabs his hair and his hands are full of blood and he like slicks his hair back and he's like, now I'm a villain. <laughs> It's just so oh my funny. god! <laughs> I laughed so hard. I was like, "This is so stupid." But I will say one thing: Yakuza Zero makes the villain in this like an actual human being because in this game, the kind of antagonist who's not even really the antagonist in the end, um, is such a nobody. Like, there's so little character development done. And listen, this was the very first Yakuza game. Okay, this was like PS2 era, so like the story it's telling compared two games that were coming out at the time (laughs) is pretty fun right so like i can't be too harsh on it but i just have to say that like even though it's a remake it definitely is showing its age in a way because you can tell that the series has really grown since this um and as someone else has played like judgment now and has played the newest yakuza and has played yakuza zero um I'm like, wow, okay, they've really honed their art in this. Um, And that going back, it's not unplayable by any means. But I would say, like, bump it down to easy. Just, like, blast through it and you'll have fun. Like, I had a good time. The fights were fun. The story was, like, engaging and interesting. But it's it's certainly not a highlight. And, like, I've heard, I've heard Kiwami 2 is much better. Um, And then it seems like the way they go, it's like, Kiwami, it's like zero is at the top. You've got Kiwami 2, 6, 
and then you've got like you know one three four and five are kind of all mixed together in like pretty good but some of them it's gonna depend on your taste (laughs) um so anyway i'm excited to go through the rest but yeah that that's that's kiwami so i i don't recommend playing this first not at all i would 100 still say go with zero first um in fact i still think a great way of doing this is doing zero like a dragon judgment because you're gonna get like the best of the modern era and you'll still get enough of the story um like you'll learn about most of the key players um to get that i mean i might even argue if you really um really don't give a shit about the story you could just do zero six and then <laughs> go along because six is the end of curious story right um but i think you'd miss some important stuff anyway um that's yakuza kiwami i also beat remnant from the ashes um this game is uh Quite fun. Now, I, I, I will say, it, it actually reminded me a little bit of Outriders in the sense that, like, it's not gameplay-wise, but, like, it's a good game. Um, it's just kind of fine, you know? Um, and, and it scratches a real niche, uh, real niche itch, <laughs> where, like, this is, um, it, it's often labeled as Dark Souls with guns, which I laughed really hard because I, I, I sent to you guys this like these two reviews where like one person on how long to beat is like what a unique or hold on i have i have to read it out because it's i think it's quite hilarious like these two come i remember exactly what you're talking about as well yeah (laughs) so like the first review says um remnant from the ashes is in all honesty a breath of fresh air a solid and alluring co-op action rpg with a good lot of innovations don't call it a souls like with guns it's much more than that next review Good souls like that adds guns to the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would actually say that that second person is the correct one. It is a souls like with guns. That that is what this game is. Um, no, it doesn't do a whole lot that's more interesting. <laughs> In fact, I would argue it does less that's interesting than Dark Souls. So <laughs> um it's basically like like actually you know what? Here, the newest review says nothing special about the game. It has okay graphics, okay gameplay, but overall, it's a primitive game with a Souls mechanic. Kind of accurate. It's like the way it works is you've got guns, um, you've got a roll, obviously, you have a melee that melee that you can use, um, you have these dragon hearts that restore your health, um, you have mods that go into your guns, and uh, you save at these um, I don't even know what they're called, they're like shards uh, that are basically the bonfires the only thing it doesn't do that dark souls does and that i'm glad it doesn't do is you don't lose any experience when you die um so you don't have to go back and find yourself again you just did um and you go back to that checkpoint which sort of makes me wonder why the fuck do you have checkpoints in the first place but anyway (laughs) do you know what i mean like it's like it's like do you understand why dark souls has these bonfires like there's a reason it's because when you hit those bonfires you're like oh thank christ i can spend my skills i can use my stuff i'm good i'm safe but in this case, you're just kind of like, all right, there's a checkpoint. It's like, what? what? And I mm-hmm. think the reason is because they have kind of drop-in co-op, which I didn't do, and I hear it's very fun. But you could tell this world is designed for co-op because yeah, it's randomized. So you never know what instances you're going to get. So like, there's kind of a main story that you're going to travel through. But as you enter into each area, the game basically rolls and decides on certain side quests that you'll get to experience in this run um and some will be left out for you um 
which is a cool but stupid idea. So, like, and the reason I say that is because, like, why would you gate me from your fucking content? Like, it's just, I, I don't, I don't like that idea. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, so I can't go play it. But then at the same time, it's like, and it also means that none of the side quests are that interesting because it's basically just similar environments with a different objective, which I was like, that's kind of stupid. Um, and I'm not a big fan of that. Now, like, if you're running through this game a bunch of times with friends or something and you're trying to do, but, like, there's also different modes. So, anyway, I I don't I don't love that concept. Um, what I will say is, playing it on my computer, I had it all on Ultra, so it looked very good. Um, the worlds are really interesting because you go to all these different worlds and the enemies are pretty cool. The enemies are all pretty similar, though. Like, you basically have your, you know, grunts that run at you. You've got your uh, standard, um, you know, melee guys. You've got standard ranged units. And then you'll have, like, you know, a special unit who maybe floats. And you'll have brutes, right? Like, that's basically it. And, yeah, they have slight variations. Some will do poison damage. Some will do radiation damage. Some will do, I don't know, loot rot, which is this thing. You know what I mean? Like, they all have certain things. But they all kind of follow a similar thing. So you enter into each one, you're like, yeah, okay, great. There's the melee one. Or you're like, oh, this world focuses more on ranged. Okay, cool. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Um, also, I think I kind of, I think I kind of broke it a little bit because like <laughs> I found this armor when I was playing through called Leto's armor. Um, kind of by accident. Cause like there's this thing you could, t- and it's a random instance. And this armor, so I didn't have a role anymore, but it didn't fucking matter because nothing could really kill me. The armor was so strong that like I could basically stand and down bosses. And I got to a point where I was like, well, why would I switch this armor out if it's this strong? So I never needed to use it. I almost never changed weapons, actually. Like I, for most of the game, used actually for the entire game, I used the repeater pistol they gave me because it's quite good. And I only ended up switching two times my, uh, like, large sidearm because I had started with the coach guy, which was really good. Then I got a sniper rifle, which could one-shot enemies. And then it swapped to this, like, totally broken weapon, which um, on charge lets you revive. Um, yeah, fucking, I was like, well, okay, I win. <laughs> um, so for a Souls, like, it was pretty easy, actually. Like, I didn't find it that challenging. The first... The first bit of the game was challenging, but then after that, once you got that, once I got that shit, I was like, well, this fucking game's easy now. And I, I barreled through the game at that point. Um, and I was playing on normal difficulty. So anyway, it's I, I do recommend playing this game because I do think that it's good overall. And like the game, the gunplay is fun. I would imagine that this game is significantly more fun with a friend. Um, so if you've got a buddy who's like, I really want to play this um go ahead and do that it has cross play if you're playing in this because it's leaving game pass but by the time you listen to this it's off game pass um so that's where i played it rick and i did try to do some co-op but we realized that the cross play with the xbox version is literally pc and xbox and not pc and epic i think you can cross play with steam i think maybe but you can't do it with epic so epic and steam i think can cry anyway you know you know how it is on pc there's ways to do it and I don't know what they are. <laughs> and we were on yeah. limited time, so we were like, let's just play some Risk of Rain. Exactly. We're like, fuck it, Risk of Rain. Yeah, Here we go. might as well. <laughs> exactly, right? I was thinking, these games sounded kind of familiar when you were talking about it. Mm. And there's a user that I follow that is uh, Iron Pineapple that specializes in Souls-like. Mm. And he has a video on Redman from the Ashes. 
and I highly recommend you go watch that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can yeah. you link it actually? Do you mind? Um, yeah. I was literally just about to type through as a link. Oh yeah, thanks. Because I'll sure. definitely check it out. Yeah. Um, it's just you know, it, it's a weird and, game. And perfectly, the, the icon for that is Souls-like in text next to a guy in a helmet holding a pistol. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, sure, yeah, I, I know. Cut you up there, what you said. No, it's good. Anyway, it, it's a fine game. It's fine. Um, fine TM. I'm glad I played it before it left Game Pass, though. I was like, haha, free game. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I also beat Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Um, what a great game. It's just a great game. It's just very, very good. It's very beautiful. It's very pretty. Um, it's very fun. Uh, it does get kind of hard. Like, not really, but you have to start thinking about what you're doing, you know? <laughs> hard for Kirby game. Yeah, and I, but I will actually say, so it has this thing when you beat the game. Um, there's this like post game that you could do, which I am not a fan of because it's basically like you have to collect. Let's just say there's this character whose like soul is lost or something, and it's spread out amongst like remixes of the levels, but more difficult. And in this kind of like reversed sort of dimension, and there's like six of the levels or so. And in each one, you had to collect these orbs of soul, but you had to find all of them. And I don't like that kind of gameplay. Like, I don't like to have to find every single thing in a level in order to, like, move on and, like, finish something. I'm just like, oh, no, I don't, no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and it's, like, a little more challenging and then there's, like, lots of boss fights. I'm sure if you love Kirby, that post game is great. Like, I'm not, like, faulting the game for having a post game. I'm just like, oh, that's not for me. But the main game is fantastic. So, like, maybe it's good for people to know that, like, hey, if you really, really love Kirby when you beat it, you get to do this really hard thing afterwards (laughs) and more hard in the sense of finding all this stuff so anyway uh nine out of ten for me easily this is um definitely the best kirby game ever made like it's very 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 good um and i would say i had just like a like pure joy the entire time i think tiamat mentioned like yeah he started playing the demo with his his son I, i yeah i think if you want if get this game it'll be you'll have a very good time and you know it's like I think I played in like 12 some hours. Like it's pretty, pretty solid for a platformer, you know? Um, so I recommend it if you have a switch and the last game that I've beaten, although I'm technically kind of still playing it, but I did beat it, um, uh, is monster train. Mm, this game is so good. This game is so good. This is okay. Roguelike deck builder. Um, think slay the spire, but, what is super cool about this game, what I love, is like essentially you're in hell. Hell has been frozen over by heaven and you're on this train and you're carrying uh, what's called like the last shard of the pyre. Um, and so the pyre is like what heats hell. And so you're on a mission to reheat hell basically and defeat heaven. And you've got the last piece. And so like the hordes of heaven are coming in to your train. And so you're in a train and this train has four levels. The top level is your pyre where you can't place any units but the pyre has an attack value and um, health value. And so it can attack units that enter into its floor. Then you have three floors below where you can place units and uh, units will enter at, you know, the base level and then they will move up each turn. And so you have to decimate the forces before they get to your pyre. And so you play your units with cards. um, And as you go along, you gain new cards, you upgrade cards, you get trinkets or like artifacts. Oh man, artifacts are so powerful because they give you permanent like uh, buffs basically on your run. And you're basically going through, there's like three major bosses that you'll have to fight to beat a run. 
and you'll fight a number of battles along each. I think it's like nine battles total with the bosses. I think you do two battles in each area. And then each area will also have a choice where you can branch off onto two paths. And two paths will have three um, instances, basically, that you can go through. Things like restoring health to your pyre, duplicating cards, removing cards, special events, um, upgrading unit cards, upgrading spell cards, uh, getting random artifacts, things like this, all sorts of stuff. Um, What I really, really love about this game is that you can beat it in basically three hours. So, like, you will win a run quite quickly. Um, And you can win most of your runs. Like, I actually would say that it's not all that punishing. Now, what it does that's really great is that once you win, it says, hey, do you want to try the Covenant rank? And so there's these 10 Covenant ranks that increase the difficulty, but also give you special cards and give you kind of bonuses throughout it. So, it really... Like, the, the best way I can kind of describe it is, like, it basically has... Um, like those kind of, you know, dopamine hitting um, mechanics that you would see in those like shitty, you know, like games with microtransactions, but it has no microtransactions. So I'm like, I, I love this shit. I'm like, yeah, I want games to make me feel good when I play them. Like I want to get that, you know, beautiful like dopamine hit. And I'm like, but n- without it trying to like, you know, force me to buy shit. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it's just really fun and good and it's wonderful too because like all the cards you get you can check to see like okay like you literally just hover over the card and it shows you what all of the you know things that it has on it mean which is so useful because it really allows you to learn like what the synergies are and like combinations and like dude so what's also great is like you you basically set all your monsters you play all your spell cards and then you when you end your turn combat then auto plays between your units and the and the enemy units. And there's like five levels of speed that you can do this at, which I think is really awesome. So you can just click at the top, like, I want to speed this up. So you can get to a point where it just goes like, and it's done, and the turn's over, and then you can just start again. And like that to me is like, because it's not super needed most of the time, but when you get to the boss fights, bosses are going to constantly go until either your units are dead or the boss is dead which makes mm. sense, right? Because they, they want to give you a chance because the bosses usually have a ton of health. So to speed that up a lot is really nice because you're just going, okay, now we're up to the next one. Just deal with the damage. Um, I, I can't recommend this enough. It's on Game Pass. So like, fucking, what are you waiting for, you know? I would recommend, I think, playing it on PC because I just think it it, it just feels good with a mouse because, um, you know, you're able to like move the, there's lots of buttons. Went, I'm sure it's fantastic on um uh on console and stuff too uh probably feels great on switch i played say the spire on switch um but yeah it, it and it is different than slay the spire I, I will say so like um it's not like a copy of that it's a very different game um i love all the the different cards units because it's, it's kind of neat you you have different um kind of clans of hell monsters and so you'll pick a main one and then you pick a backup so like you always use two of them. So you've got your main person and it'll be like ch- you have a champion as well that can be upgraded as you go along. And then you'll pick one of the other groups and they'll give you kind of your like set of backup cards. Um, so there's lots of combinations you could do. I'm probably going to keep going because at this point I've beaten the game um, many times now, like seven or eight times, I think, and um, with different combinations. And so I want to beat it with all the different combinations because they're really fun. And once you beat it, you unlock their like alternate champion who's usually really cool different um 
yeah, I just, it's just really good. And like, there's like daily challenges and stuff, which I haven't gotten into yet, but I'm sure people are really like really dig. And, um, I just think it's like one of those things where I'm like, I want to reward this because it's basically a game that's like, Hey, you know, all that like predatory bullshit that you have to deal with in other games that really makes you want to play it. Like we've got all that here, but we're not going to ask for your money. (laughs) It's just really nice. It's like, we'll ask for it once. And Hey, we also have DLC with like a new, you know, character that's 10 CAD, which I'm like, fucking cool. That's a whole new deck, right? Like I haven't bought it, but like I might at some point, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's very nice. They've done a very good thing here. <laughs> um, right. Anyway, that's it. Neither of you have played this game, right? I don't know if these are you up your alley. Heard about it, though. Have heard things. Yeah. And and speaking of sporting devs who do good things, Paula, Spore, a game you retired. <laughs> well, um, so I, had a, I suddenly got an itch to play Spore because I played this game like many, many years ago, and I never completed it because it crashed. And <laughs> little old me here last night, I was playing sport and I forgot that the game has a tendency to crash at that random intervals. Oh, no. So I was happily playing, creating my abomination of a creature, um, making friends <laughs> in the world, and suddenly it crashed. And then I realized hey, I haven't saved. And lo and behold, I loaded the game again. And there, my save was gone, so... Gone completely. Gone completely. So, yeah. Fuck you, (laughs) EF. Fuck you, EA. Sorry. Yes. I reverted to Spanish for a little bit. (laughs) Um, Like, the game has this known issue for so long, and it never got patched, so it's like, why? Just why? So, yeah. I retire Spore, and very heartbroken because I really wanted, I, I was really attached to my little species, which I called Steve, because there's always place for a Steve. That's absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And yeah, so that's my sad, very sad story from last night with Spore. The other retirement, which surprised me even me, is... I'm gonna butcher this, but it's Picross. It's like Picross, but with an X instead of a Z. And I got this from a bundle in Ichayo, and I was craving some Picross-style puzzle, and suddenly I found it like already on my backlog. So I was like, why not? It isn't as satisfying as Picross, like, and. The other thing is that you can mark like with an X, like in you usually can mark with an X, like on your your little board where you think either there's no um there's no pixels in that place, so you mark it with an X. But if you mark it with an X with the ground place in Pixros, you lose one of your lives. And if you lose three lives, which I did by accident a couple of times because I was playing with a mouse, it doesn't have keyboard controls to my knowledge. Um, you have to retry the level. And I was like, fuck that. Oh, that's like so antithetical to Picross's whole philosophy, right? Like it's yeah. enjoyable little puzzles. Ugh. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be like enjoy enjoyable, relaxing little puzzles. But it was not in this case. So it was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna go play some maybe murder by numbers next time. So um yeah, that those are my two retirements. Quite disappointing. Mm. Um Rick, why don't you take it away? Yeah, this would be a nice quick one. So I bought a very cheap little puzzle platformer game called Axolotl is Dry on Switch. I think I paid like 80 pence for it, something silly like that. Um, I don't know if it's just the Switch version, but there is a bug that appeared about 10 levels in where when you jump, it just activates its dash on its own. Um, it's a Celeste-style setup, so it's precision platforming. You die, you immediately swarm back at the checkpoint kind of thing. Uh, losing a dash when you jump makes the game impossible to play. And I couldn't be fucked, so I just deleted the game. Um, <laughs> would not recommend, based on my experience, your mileage may vary. Um, but I fear, Alex, it won't. Yeah, so I retired fear. Um, I actually was <laughs> playing with the mod with the HD textures, which looked gorgeous. But I did notice that it started, it was prone to crashing at that point once I did that. Um which was fine like it because it, it, it's it's autosave is like super generous so like it, it didn't really bother me that much because it could load up in like three seconds and i was like whatever um, it didn't do it very often um, once i started going but uh kind of sucks like <laughs> it's it's just this is an old shooter right and mm. it's well before the era of like you know you pull the gun up and you you get to see through the sights like this is basically when you hold down your aim the gun just kind of like moves a little closer to the center do you know what i mean like that aiming yeah and the game crops in a little bit a little it's kind of that's yeah. it and yeah. i found it was kind of unwieldy like it didn't feel very good and um the enemy ai is like i'm sure for the time extremely good and it's very good but like you're also not really you can't really don't duck into cover that much like you can kind of crouch and like lean out a little bit but like it's not like a cover shooter either but you also really have to be in cover because you're gonna get fucked um and it's a lot of the like it's like the health packs and armor type of game and i just like there's a slowdown option but i don't i'm not entirely sure how that helps me because like they're still shooting me real fast and i'm not moving faster so <laughs> it's just kind of like oh you've slowed down how i'm dying um so basically i'm just shit at the game and i was like ah this i'm not gonna have any fun with this like i thought about i guess i could drop the difficulty down but i was like i know i'm not gonna enjoy this like i know i'm only gonna slog through this like if you have more of a um more you know kind of leeway for those older shooters and like you enjoy that a little bit more you, you might have a fun time with this game um but i think it was more like a game where i was like like i i enjoy first person shooters only a bit at bare at minimum you know what i mean like they're like basically only okay for me in general so i was like oh yeah i'm gonna spend my time with this mediocre to okay sh no i'm not gonna do that shit mm. <laughs> um so yeah i just I, I i got the whole collection for like a couple bucks basically and i was like oh, i'll try it out um but yeah nah, i'm good um maybe someday i'll come back but that's wishful thinking um, <laughs> I know some people like this. I think it's kind of got like a, a like a cult cult following. The whole series does, but I don't. I, I actually I don't know that much because even when I look on how long to beat, it doesn't have that high ratings in general. Like seventy nine is not bad, but you know what I mean. Like it's like 
Um, most of the reviews I see recently are like in the 60 area. You know what I mean? Um, and the only ones that are higher are like people who played it like 15 years ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> unusual, right? Those games are recontextualized by things that come after them. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure at the time it was wonderful. But this is this is a 360 shooter that I actually might enjoy this more in the 360 probably. I feel like on PC, maybe it's like bumped up even harder or some shit. But like, because in terms aiming. of like the aiming, you know what I mean? Usually mouse and keyboard aiming, I'm like, that's what I'm all for. But it just didn't feel great. Um. Anyway, that's enough about fear. Uh, another game that is super niche, and I learned I am not the niche, is One Step from Eden. Uh, I think I had a different conception of what this game was because I knew it was the Mega Man Battle Network style uh, gameplay. I actually thought there might have been a little bit of story to this, but no, it's a roguelike, uh, which I don't know how I never know that. And it's... <sighs> this game is this game is good. Um, but I think this game was made for individuals who played and mastered Mega Man Battle Network when they were children. <laughs> and wanted something that was bullshit hard. <laughs> and this mm. is what this game is. It has no tutorial really to speak of. The tutorial that it does have is one of the worst tutorials I've ever played in a game um, in terms of actually teaching you what, what to do. And this is something I've seen repeated by a lot of people. And it's I think it's a real shame because I can tell that underneath it, there is a really there's an interesting game here. But I also think that from what I'm seeing, progression gets locked really like you have to do a lot to unlock. There's like all these characters and all this other stuff and you just have to do too much. Where like a game like Monster Train really allows you to decide how difficult do you want this robot experience to be and hands out a lot of upgrades pretty quickly. Um, this game really holds you back in that sense. And it is it is frenetic. Like honest to God, fucking frenetic. Like to the point where some of the bosses are so fast that I felt like I was like, like what i can't i don't even know what i'm doing right now like they're just like like all the time and i'm like how am i supposed to check what items i have in my fucking slot here if i can't like i have to spend the entire time moving i'm like i can't like i don't like that type of roguelike like if we're dealing with a card game because this is really what it is it's card game but you can't i don't know how to learn maybe it's different on pc but like on switch i was like well, how do I know what the effects of this spell are? Like, it shows me a little example of how it'll play out, but I can't learn what they are. And if I hadn't played Monster Train, some of the terms I might not have even known because it uses similar terms from some other roguelikes. But I was like, how am I supposed to know what this particular um, thing even means? Like, what what does it even mean? I, there's no, I can't see, is there an encyclopedia entry on this that I could check? No. Okay, so I'm just going to grab random fucking cards and hope they work? Like, you know, and then it's like, okay, so then where does this one move? Oh, okay, there's this little dot. And I'm like, and it says, oh, you could upgrade them. And I was like, what does upgrading even do? And like, <laughs> how do I get the abilities to upgrade? What are all these dots on the fucking map? What do they mean? Oh, you're not going to tell me what any of them fucking mean? Okay, that's awfully fucking rude. <laughs> so I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like, it won't even like give you a preview of what the hell this shit is. It's just like, well, this is an exclamation mark. Well, what does that mean? exclamation mark <laughs> like, huh? like, I'm just like a little <laughs> bit of clarity would be nice um really 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 disappointing I have to say like I just think that and, and disappointing because there's probably great game here that they've buried under inaccessibility you know there's it's just mm. not accessible and like 
I don't see how it would hurt to give more explanation of things or to give like a do like a tutorial run that can be optional even, you know, could be fine. Make it optional. Make it a little more handholdy. Um, allow people into your game to enjoy your game. But at this point, I can't recommend it because it feels a lot like, um, like it was designed for one niche crowd, um, and then said fuck it to anyone else. Which like that's your prerogative, you know. Like that's a, you could do that. Fuck it, go ahead. Like you know. But um, I think you miss out on a lot of potential players. Um, and really, I don't think they'd have to compromise at all their game to do so. You know what I mean? Like, even if they offered um, these kind of, like, increasing levels of, um, you know, complexity, which, like, games like Monster Train, Say the Spire and stuff do, right? Where they add on, like, okay, now you can play it where it's a little more difficult. Um, would have made more sense to me. It feels a little bit like like if Monster Train, like, you're entering in on, like, Covenant 5 or something, you know? Like halfway through the most difficult levels is where you start in one step from Eden. Which if you're if that's what if if, if everything I'm saying and you're just like, oh shit, like a really fast, really complex Mega Man battle network sounds like your kind of game, like, yeah, you're gonna have a fucking blast here. Like like I said, the core stuff is solid. It's just if you don't have experience with that, you're gonna have a really, really hard time coming into this game, I think. Um which is just honestly a shame. I don't regret buying it because, you know, I don't mind supporting indie devs, but I also got it on sale, so whatever. Um, but yeah, I just I just wish they would have had a little more onboarding. But anyway, because Rick, have you tried this one? I know you, you mentioned this one. But... I, I have not. It's one I've had on my radar because the Battle Network games have always looked really, really cool to me. However, never played them. Never touched. Yeah, it's one I've got wishlisted, thinking I'm jumping in. But all the things you're saying are telling me maybe I should whack like Battle Network Four or something on my Game Boy Advance and then find out there first. This is what I'm thinking. Like I'm honestly, I've had the Battle Network games on my Game Boy and my GBA, so I'm like, I think I'm just gonna go play those because like I, I remember starting one on my old one before it got corrupted, but I didn't get very far, and I really enjoyed what I had played thus far. It's they're just like a bit slower and give you a little more time to consider. And look, guys, I ain't getting any younger. I need time. <laughs> Let me take a moment to think. That's why I love tactical RPGs. I like to strategize, you know? I'm not necessarily a huge on the action, like, ah, think right away kind of games, though those are very fun. Um, anyway, uh, Paula, yeah, you haven't touched this one, right? Nope, yeah. at all. Nope. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know nope. if you'd enjoy it. <laughs> um, let's move on then to what we're playing. Uh, speaking of that, Paula, what are you playing? Well, I'm still playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes with my boyfriend. And nice. we defused a couple power bombs last night. And one of them, it was like, you have one strike. If you fell one time on this bomb, you're out. <laughs> we fell once at that bomb and then never again. <laughs> the one bomb that gave us a lot of pain was the one that has eight minutes and eight modules. And. Oh my god, we have to do that bomb so many times because we kept getting like very like I guess modules that took too long to defuse. So when we got to the last module, it just exploded on us. But finally we got a lucky bomb 
and we diffuse it with two minutes on still on the clock, which <laughs> made us very happy. Nice. Uh, so yeah, like the it was quite stressful, but it was still very fun. We haven't got to we haven't gotten to the needy modules, which I'm worried about. You should be. <laughs> I wanna cry. <laughs> so yeah, that's <laughs> that's what we've been doing in Keep Talking and Over Exposed. Uh, on the other hand, we've been training some teams for Pokemon Shining Pearl because we decided we wanted to have like a couple of battle teams to just have fun. And I finished mine uh, the other day. He still is trying to find a Shroomish, which by the way, if anyone listening to this podcast is playing Pokemon Shining Pearl or Brilliant Diamond against a Shroomish, please contact me. I need it. <laughs> we haven't found one because it's one of the random encounters on the Great March that is like a safari zone. Mm. And we haven't found one in neither of our games. And I even asked my nephew for help. And he didn't find any Shroomish neither. So we're getting desperate here. <laughs> sadly, I don't think I found one either. So <laughs> Yeah, sadly. Uh, but yeah, that's... Um, I'm so happy I tried my, my team for Pokemon Shining Pearl because I have a monster of a Togekiss because it has an ability that lets it um, have a higher percentage of it triggering the secondary um, effect of an attack. So, for example, if you use Flamethrower, and it has a 10% chance to burn. Now it has, I don't know, like a 15% chance of burning. Just to name an example. And the other thing that almost drove me crazy, like up to the wall crazy, was that I, I had to look for a Kingstruck, which is an item which is usually used to evolve like a couple of Pokemon with trading, but it has a percent, like, if you give it to a Pokemon in a battle, uh, it gives any attack that doesn't normally have an, a chance to make the other Pokemon flinch, have the chance to make the other Pokemon flinch. So that pair with Serene Grace is kind of disgusting, not gonna lie. Um, so I had to catch so many Poliwhirls because you don't have like is one of those items that you can get like in like for free, like lie on the ground or like buy it or like exchange it for battle points or anything like that. You have to find a polyworld with the item, and that is a five percent chance of it happening. So yeah, I I I have like an entire box of polyworld on my PC, so. I'm gonna probably <laughs> exchange that on Wonder Trade. And hopefully oh, speaking of Wonder Trade, I don't know how my sister lets lets me talk to my nephew anymore because every time <laughs> I arrive with something new for him, he gets obsessed and his latest obsession is Wonder Trade. So yeah, I'm sorry, sister, if you're looking if you're listening to this. <laughs> and and I don't know who is um 
giving out potentially hacked shiny Pokemon in Wonder Trade, but I got three of them. So, lucky me. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and it was funny because I was just telling my my nephew, like, no, shiny Pokemon are really, really, really rare and people don't usually give them away. So, oh, never mind. I just got a shiny, <laughs> what was it? A shiny Infernape. Well, never mind. So she, so now he's convinced that if he keeps wonder trading, he will get a shiny Pokemon eventually. So I am sorry. That's going to take a while. <laughs> because it took me a while to... <laughs> Unless just he just spent all day doing this shit. Nice. Yep. He spent like the entirety of just the day just wonder trading. So I'm sorry. Um, and finally, um, on a lighter note, I'm playing Variable Barricade and I finished another route, which was um, Nayuta's route that is like the. Um, like the very energetic and very dense and very not the sharpest tool in the shit kind of character. And it was so funny. Like the role was stupidly funny because the character was so dense that not only he didn't like realize the feelings of the of the protagonist. But he also didn't like realize what what his own feelings were. So the other three were having a blast just teasing him about it, which led to very very hilarious scenes. And I'm more okay with this kind of like stupid drama than whatever was on the uh, on Shion's route, which which was like more like angst and drama. And here was just like stupidity and drama. So. I'm a little for it. And I started um, another route, which is still, it's already like going like funny places because of how everything is set up, which um, I don't think anyone here like listening is playing variable barricades. So I'm just going to up and say it. Like, Probably the, not. Nope. yeah, like, um, the protagonist Hibari's um grandfather uh pretty much like wanted a mole or like an uh, informer among the the um the suitors or the bachelors however you want to call them and he's not supposed to be like a formal bachelor but more like He's informing everything that's happening to Kibari's um, grandfather. And, well, the cat was out of the bag real quick in his route, so Kibari, like, started, like, just relying on him to get the other guys off her back whenever possible, which led to very, like, hilarious scenes, which was like, oh, um, Hibari, why? Why don't you like try this dessert, which was like a chimera of a dessert that you probably shouldn't eat because it will kick you into a sugar rush or something like that? And he was like, "Oh, Taiga, why don't you test the taste this instead?" And then it was like, "Oh, um, Hibari, why don't we go like play outside or something like that?" Um, oh, Taiga said he wanted some exercise, right? Right? And he threw him into into the lion pen, pretty much. 
or it was like um oh right one of my friends who is a designer sent this dress but i think it's gonna look better on you hibari oh no taiga will yep he will probably look great in a dress so uh, he just and she just kept like throwing the the, the poor boy like into these uh stupid situations and just it, it was dumb it was funny i hope like the road has more of this because it genuinely cracks me up every time and it feels more like um on the prior routes it was like oh um this was like more like um hibari being being like stubborn to hibari realizing her feelings the second route was like oh this is more like the other guy being stupid and it was more of a situation from bodyguard and master to lovers and this one is more like it feels more like friends to lovers which i really dig so yeah and i'm i'm not gonna gush about this game more today because i'm gonna probably still be gushing about this road like next week so take it away someone please help me i'll go john go rick um, yeah to be fair most, most of my stuff pretty similar to last time in terms of what i'm playing um one big change i went full normie and started playing fifa 22 um, <laughs> i know it, it was on ps plus this month so um i haven't bought a ps um a ps i haven't bought a fifa game in a couple of years um figured if it was free i might as well and i fell into that career mode rabbit hole real bad always happens um so i'm most of the way through my first season as venezia in the Italian league, that's been really fun. Uh, I always sign loads of like young players with big potential and just play them. Um, it's been really good. I won't bore you guys anymore with that. Um, still playing Risk of Rain 2. Um, really, really pushing hard for the Void stuff. It's still kicking our ass, myself and anyone that I'm playing with. Uh, mostly my brother. I've played a bit more with Alex and Paola and a couple of the other friends of the podcast that we've mentioned in previous times. It's just really, really tricky. And I think it's going to be a little while before we, we find our way to, to get the alternate ending. Um, still loving the Railgunner, who's the first of the new characters. Um, she is excellent. I've unlocked some of um, the alternate loadout abilities for her. Um, there's one that's got mm. like a freeze effect that's been really, really powerful. Um, not powerful enough yet, but uh, same as we said previous times, it's a wonderful game, well worth um playing for anyone who likes roguelikes third person shooters or fun um <laughs> the witcher is still a game i'm playing slow pro progress on that but now i finished bloodstained hopefully i can plug a bit more into that um ditto days gone still playing but barely made any movement on that recently um partners in time the mario and luigi rpg i'm about i think halfway through this one it's lots of fun but it's way too easy I've kind of gotten to the point now where I don't even really need to try to win battles, boss or otherwise. Um, the only thing that's really maintaining my interest is that active component of the combat. And I think that really is saving it a little bit. You know, it's still an excellent time, but it's a little bit mindless, which isn't ideal. So I found myself more and more putting YouTube videos and podcasts on in the background when I'm playing it. Um, I had a big train journey last week, so um, I put some music in and cracked on with it when I did that. Uh, really good for that and you know it's still a great game it's just 
doesn't live up to Superstar Simon. I have to say as well, the the baby mechanics still kind of on the fence about them. They they do open up a lot of alternative options, things that you can do. They also complicate things a little bit too much for my liking. So it's kind of a give and a take situation. I think I would still recommend it as it stands. That might change. We'll see how it goes. I expect to finish this in the next week or two, really. Um, still dipping in and out of part-time UFO. It's a perfect game for that. Um, but not a lot because I've started playing another game on Switch. Uh, this is a roguelike called Going Under. Love this. It's really, really fun. So the concept is uh, you are a intern working for a small startup called Fizzle. Um, and you find out when you get there that um, instead of marketing, which is what you thought you'd signed up for, uh, you are going to be dungeon clearing because whenever a startup fails, it goes under literally, i.e. it goes underground and becomes a dungeon that needs to be cleared out so that it doesn't overwhelm uh, hmm. the startup above it. So what that actually entails is you going into dungeons, picking up keyboards, pickaxes, whatever you happen to find down there um, and making your way through the dungeon. The game has got so much charm plays really nicely but is actually quite difficult sometimes slightly unfairly i feel um whether that's just me getting used to it whether that's some wind-up animations not quite being what they could be um nevertheless throughout there's lots of little things to keep you going in between i think for, for certain roguelikes that's imperative that as well as the overarching clear this dungeon and progress you also have little micro objectives to play with in the meantime so the way that manifests in going under you have five or six mentors they are other people that work at fizzle um you can equip one at the start of each level they give you various things whether that's um shoplifting a random item every time you go to a shop whether that's buying things you can't afford um and then you know carrying around like a little um debt ball and chain until you clear that debt um whether that's random explosives just popping into the level um and each of those different mentors will give you um, persistent objectives that when you complete them, unlock further things to take into new runs. Um, there's lots of little things like that where you're constantly making progress, even if a run turns out to be a dud. Um, I really like it. And I have, I have to say a little bit of sort of background. I've owned this game on PC for about a year, played the first hour of it, loved it, never came back to it on Switch. I feel like it really is perfect because a successful run through a dungeon is only about 20 25 minutes um it, it, it's very well suited to that kind of pick it up play a run put it down kind of thing um i can see myself however playing it again on pc um i'm enjoying it that much it is really really compelling and pc switch wherever you want to play it, i think it's well worth a look it's um, on game pass too action games it, it feels sorry what you're saying oh sorry it's on game pass as well oh it, doubly so yeah definitely give that a go um I, I think it, it really strikes a nice balance with the roguelike type stuff, but also actually being mechanically really sound and having quite a fun story as well, which roguelikes don't always achieve. Um, this is oddly story focused in the best possible way. Um, and then finally, I'm still playing um, that little Android puzzle I mentioned last week, Dot Project. Well, two weeks ago, based on recordings, but last time we recorded a regular episode, Dot Project. Uh, still good fun. Still plugging away at it a couple of le levels at a time. Um, would absolutely still recommend that for like one pound fifty, which is the the entry price. Alex, see us out. What else have you been playing this week? Yeah, I've been playing a bunch of stuff that's uh, very very fun. So um, 
yeah, I've had a good gaming week this last week. <laughs> just I'm just, you know, doing my work uh, in the evenings and playing my games in the day. So uh, I started playing Lost Judgment. I'm not super far into it, but I have to say just from the start, I, I'm actually doing it in English this time. I might switch back to Japanese at one point, but the English is quite good. Like they they, they did a really good job at matching voices that, that feel like they match the characters. Um, and also I just, I kind of didn't want to have to focus 100%. <laughs> I was sort of like looking forward to being like, oh, I can kind of because because now that I have Molly around, you know, like my little dog, sometimes I, I need to be able to play a game if it's on my Xbox that I don't have to fully pay full attention all the time because I'm going to have to, you know, throw a ball a few times or, <laughs> or keep her occupied. So I think I'm going to do this thing where like when she's asleep, I might pop it into Japanese. <laughs> when she's awake. English. Um, but you're in a Jin show for this one for most of it, which is really nice. And I'm starting to see how I'm like, oh, they've got a great thing going here because they can do, you know, they can create new maps for their Yakuza series now, their RPG series, and then they can use those as well in the Brawler series and, and Judgment. And I'm like, this is a brilliant mix here. Um, I also got the Kaito files because I was like, I'm going to play full price for you guys because I've played so many of your games for free now or for such ridiculous discounts that I will happily give you some money um, because they're doing great shit. And Lost Judgment so far feels like it's just an upgrade on Judgment, honestly. Like they just fix stuff. You got a skateboard that you can just run around, like scroll, uh, um, go around town on. That's awesome. And you could grind rails. (laughs) I was like, dope. Um, you're still like way too cool for school. Um, but this one actually it involves, it's pretty serious shit. Like it's like about um, like suicide and bullying basically is like what the story deals around. And so like the school's hiring you to like figure out what's going on at the school. So, you know, some people have said like at first I thought I was like, oh, cause I'd read and some people were like, oh yeah, you're like in a school for this one. But like it starts off with a bang, like, the opening moments um, of this game, like the lead up, you're like, holy shit, that's what this game's about. And it's, uh, I'm just saying, it's pretty cool. Like they, they've got a cool story going here. Um, so I'm really excited to keep going. The combat is still so excellent and it is just gorgeous on the Series X. Like it is beautiful. Um, you can really tell like their new engine that they've been using since I think zero or whatever, but like, or at least, you know, with the X 7 as well, it is, it is really, really incredible stuff. Um, some of the best character models I've ever seen. Um, of course, all of their henchmen all still look basically the same, but there's, I can't describe it, but there is a look to their henchmen that if you played a Yakuza game, like, you know what I'm talking about. Like you always know. And you're like, Oh, he's a guy I'm going to beat the shit out of. <laughs> Cause you're like, you know you see them and you're like you're not a main character <laughs> mm-hmm. um you can just tell you're like your fodder but uh anyway i really love lost judgment again it's an action uh rpg and uh you know the i i will also say that they've really fixed a lot of the issues that i had like tailing makes more sense now where it's like people aren't just like naturally suspicious of you or if they are there's a reason and you can like blend in so like they've created a button where like people turn around you can just be like on your phone like i'm just looking at stuff whatever like you don't have to necessarily hide from them you can just blend into the scenario a scenery which i was like that makes more sense like it basically seems like they heard what people said about the first game and are like okay we got it we got it we'll fix this up and that to me just feels like it makes me so feel so much so much more confident in what they'll do next with the series as well right like it, it they really seem to 
always want to just improve on what they're doing, but then tell a crazier story as they go along. And I'm like, I love that shit. It's great. Um, so that's Lost Judgment. Uh, I'm also playing a game called Wildermyth or Wildermyth. Wildermyth, Wildermyth. This game is holy shit. Like, first off, I don't know how the fuck they did this. So it's how do I describe this? It's a tactical RPG, but it's almost all kind of it's like a procedurally kind of generated story, sort of, but not like. Ah, okay, so basically you have multiple campaigns. It's almost like D&D in some ways, but like you you have these heroes and the heroes, they're not fixed, but um, you can your heroes can die and then they're gone. Um, and somehow the story just keeps, stays as if it never, I, I don't know how they did this. I don't know how they did this. Like the writing is so consistent and there's so much stuff that can happen. And um, basically the way it works is like you'll play as like a generation and then like obviously that generation will just die eventually. And so you'll start a new chapter with like new people who might be like the children of your characters. But like, I guess it depends because if all your people die, then maybe they aren't the children of your character. Like, so, and like you have this map where like you go along and so there's like some resource management stuff to it as well because like you're capturing areas and like you're fighting off these enemies in the tactical battles. But then you have all these decisions that you can make. Like in mine, one of my characters and i also love this very queer friendly i'm like fuck yeah right away it was like two dudes and like it was like you decide to go help your friend and it's like okay are you doing this for friendship rivalry or romance and i was like romance hell yeah (laughs) so my two dudes are in love and i was like this is great um but then he got like this like gem thing over his eye and he's like slowly turning into like a gem creature anyway it's all there's all this shit in it and it is like I just, you gotta, you gotta play this game. It, it's criminally underplayed. Like, I was looking at how long to beat. There's hardly anyone who's fucking uh, logged this game. And it's one of the best games I think I've ever played in my life. I'm like, this is at least one of the most creative games I've ever played in my life. Like, it is just, like, uh, yeah, on Wildermyth right now, it's something like 38 have beat it. It's got, like, a solid 82 here. The art style is, like, so I'll say this. The art style can be, like, a little, like, yeah, yeah, like, some people might not love it. But, like, I get why they've done it this way because it's very variable. And, like, you can, like, change a lot of stuff with them. And it works well because within their cutscenes, it's kind of comic book style. And I think that if you just look at the art style on, like, a screenshot, you'll be a little like, huh? But then when you play it, it looks really beautiful in motion. Um, and it's worth and, saying, the game, the game looks like it's found a niche. Like, there's 11 mm-hmm. and a bit thousand reviews on Steam overwhelmingly positive. Yes. So even if it hasn't found a niche within HLTV, it's definitely... Yeah. You know, found an audience, which is always good. Well, I put it this way. Like, the first review you see on how it is, the game should have been triple the price. The devs are selling themselves way too short. And I agree. Honest to God. It's like a budget price. And I was like, this could yeah, have been a fucking triple A release easily. Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I just... It's really, really, really cool. I and I love tactical RPGs, right? Like I'm such a fan of that genre, and so I I can't recommend this game enough. Like people should really try it out. Uh, speaking of that, I've been playing all bangers this week. By the way, I've just found a great time. So um, I also played because I got. Um, I didn't talk about it in the in our beaten yet because I'll be talking about this book a lot. I think over the next few months, uh, it's region locked by the Digino Gaming guys. Um, they made a book. They made a book. Ooh. Yeah, because they have their they have Ooh. their series, and their series is great. But like, I I love having the physical things because I, I you know it's just better to look through it. And some of the games um, that they feature in the book, they've never done videos on because they were just like some of them. They're like ah, some of them are kind of hard to make a video on. 
Um, mm. Especially because like, I love in one part, they were like, they're like, to be real with you guys, we never made a video on this one because it's so balls hard, we can't get enough footage. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I love that shit. That's great. Because you know, some of these games are tough. But the concept of region locked is games that never made it to America, basically, because they're based in the UK. So they'll also talk about some games that were just only released in the UK. But the vast majority are Japanese games that just never got like uh, localized. And, you know, it makes sense why a lot of games don't get localized, especially back in the day. Nowadays, it doesn't make as much sense because digitally it's easier to release. But, you know, before the advent of digital games, you had to think about creating cartridges, right? And, or, you know, CDs and shit and like actually physically manufacture and send them off. And that's a lot. Um, but the one game that I'm talking about here is called Bushi Seiryuden Futari no Yusha, which is uh, Warriors, The Legend of the Blue Dragon. The two heroes. <laughs> um, and believe it or not, this is one of Game Freak's uh, first games. Uh, it was made in 1997. It was first, um, Enix was going to be the one to publish it first, but they didn't, apparently they didn't really like where it was going. And so they eventually just said like, all right, no thanks. And this company called, publisher called T&E Soft is the one who ends up um, uh, publishing it. And they weren't a, they weren't a very big company. Um, but the game itself is absolutely gorgeous because it was um designed by the um uh like the artist for um for pokemon so ken sugimori and motofumi fujiwara um worked on the title the worked on the titles and they were also pokemon artists and then the pokemon composer junichi masuda also worked on the game's soundtrack um and it was released like kind of just after it. And a lot of the actual artwork, like if you go look at the artwork, you're like, oh yeah, that looks like Pokemon artwork because it's very much in that style. Um, and it is absolutely beautiful. Um, it is a really unique, it has really unique gameplay to it. So the translation, by the way, only came out in March of 2021. So this is like, straight up was lost for ages and you could this is not one of those games where like oh if you didn't know japanese you no know, you have to fucking have known japanese to play this game because there's lots of dialogue within it but what's really neat about it is so you play in this top-down perspective as you're going around for this overworld but what's really cool is that when you enter into houses instead of just like entering into the house and like walking around seeing sprites you enter into this like um first person perspective and you get to see these full like anime drawings of people which makes them feel way more real. And so you can talk to them and you can move along the house and check things and take a look, um, which is really nice. And then you have battles that are on um, the overworld. You'll see your enemies and the enemies actually move as you move and they'll kind of track towards you. And when you, you can hit them to start combat. And when you start combat, you enter into a side scrolling plane. Now what's really cool about this is that it's actually semi turn-based in the sense that as you enter into this side scrolling uh, sphere every move you make initiates a turn but if you stand still your enemies won't move they move as you move and as you do uh, combat and they can fuck you up so fast <laughs> so like it is very much chess you have like a shield spell that you can use that you really are going to want to use because if they hit you they take a lot of damage and you only can restore health at these kind of bells so you're really trying to preserve your health um, and the game challenges you to complete each uh, mission in a certain amount of turns to get what's called like magatama which can be used to destroy this like kind of big final thing that you'll do in the end um but the battles are really like they're tense and exciting um because you're like okay how do i get through this in like the most 
uh, efficient way possible. And you have this little um, monster companion who can lift you up, but they can only lift you um, like basically your full height and then they can move you about three squares, but you're too heavy, so they drop you. So that's how you can maneuver. But that little character can also be upgraded as you go along in these different like wells and whatnot um, and get new powers. So like currently, mine only has one power, which is to go and fight enemies. But the thing is, if you send them to fight enemies, um, they are going to take like that enemy's health and damage to themselves. Now they restore their health after every encounter. But if you're not careful and you send them against too powerful of an enemy, they'll be like knocked out and you can't jump anymore. So you can basically fuck yourself in a battle if you're not careful. Um, so you have to really consider that, which is why I'm playing it on the SNES Classic. So it's perfect because I've safe state the shit out of it and rewinded everything. And I'm like, eh, it's nice. <laughs> uh, but this is like, honestly, had this game come to the West, this would easily be a cult classic. Might have even been like, uh, not even just cult, might have just been like, a huge success here because it's like really fucking good. Like it's just, it's just a really good game. Like I'm playing it and having a great time. I'm like two, three hours in, I think at this point. And it's only like 12, maybe 14, 15 hours. I'm not sure. It's something along those lines. It's not a super long game. Um, and like, I'm having an absolute blast so far. Um, I do wonder if there's like, cause like your sister gets captured by this big purple bird. And I'm like, is this like a, is this a folklore thing in Japan? Because it's exactly like Wind Waker. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm like, I was um, thinking about that. Yeah. Like I was looking at it and I was like, Amy kind of looks like the Wind Waker bird. <laughs> I was like, this has to be a thing, right? Or is this just like an homage to this game? I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was pretty successful in Japan. Um, it's 25 years old now, which is kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, if you love SNES games, you should 100% check this out. There's a translation out now. You can easily find it uh, patched with the translation. Um, I easily found it literally yeah. while Alex was talking. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and like I said, it's just honestly, it's just it's just really good. <laughs> like, that's all I can say about it. There's one musical track that does drive me a little crazy because every time you come out onto the overworld, it'll start up and it, it's a little grating at the very beginning. But... Um, you, you also don't hear it all the time. For the most part, the music is quite, it's quite wonderful. Um, but anyway, there's that. So that's what I've been playing. Um, doing pretty good timing-wise today. So we're going to move on now um, to our topic for this week, which um, is basically what's a game slash series that should be perfect for you, but you've never been able to get into it. Because I think we all have had series sometimes where you're like, it, it on paper, it sounds just like you're like, well, that's all the shit that I love. And then you get into it and you're like, turns out I either don't know myself that well or this game's bad. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I want to jump straight in because mm -hmm. I, I think you guys probably know which one this is going to be from me. Ace Attorney. <laughs> yeah, on paper, that does sound like a game right yep. for you. <laughs> well, this is the thing, like, Strong narrative, puzzle solving, stupid silly humor, courtroom drama, perfect vibe on paper, but just the stupid, like inconsistent internal logic <laughs> and, and some of the, the ways that you're kind of railroaded into the way that the developer wanted you to solve the puzzle. Like from a practical standpoint, I get it. From a do I want to play the game standpoint, uh, 
I like I beat the first one. I played it on mm-hmm. my phone on an emulator. So like, cool. I tried it. I'm never gonna play any of these ever again. And you know, I love Danganronpa. Like I, I can vibe with this kind of game. <laughs> Not this series in particular. And I know you both love it, and that's okay. Yeah, it's so Cause weird. I know because I know you love nine 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 as well and stuff. But I'm like, it does seem like a oh, game yeah. that you should. Just Your escape games are beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's so similar. <laughs> I have to say also, like, mainline 2D Mario, I tend not to vibe with. Mm. And, like, I do like platformers, particularly of the, the more sort of difficult variety. Super Meat Boy, that was my jam. Celeste, I really enjoyed when we played that for um, mm. Book Club a little while back. The Game Boy Mario games, I had a great time with. But, like, the NES and SNES ones, the new Super Marios, eh. Hmm. And, and even some of the 3D ones a little bit. I like the 3DS one. Mario Galaxy kind of bored me. I haven't played Odyssey yet properly. I played a little bit on my brother's Switch, and I do have his copy on my shelf ready to come back to at some point. Yeah, Mario. I love the spin-offs. I, the main lines, hit or miss. Hmm. What about you two, now that, now that I've successfully burnt myself? <laughs> <laughs> Paula, do you want to go um, first? Yeah. For me, it would be Genshin Impact because mm. it is an open world game, uh, not unlike Breath of the Wild. And it has a lot of exploration that I enjoyed for a while. And, well, you can make a team and uh, battle in a not unlike in Xenoblade Chronicles. And it sounds like it should be my my thing, but just the fact that you can... I guess it's the microtransactions that just tick me off and it's like, no, why? I like the the whole thing about like getting your characters in a gacha-style manner instead of like having them gradually like um, join you in the story. It's the one thing that just drives me crazy and it is sad because like there's there there's so much so many inconsistencies in the sense of you could talk to um a specific character using that specific character because or get a specific character before you actually meet them Hmm. or just the amount of grind that the game has that i usually don't mind in rpgs or jrpgs but here I do, and it just drives me crazy. And it is it's sad because there there has been like a lot of events that go outside of the usual gameplay. Like there was like a tower defense event, and I had a lot of fun on it. But once the event is over, they take that away. I'm like, no, don't do this to me. <laughs> or so yeah, that's that's I think the big one. And the other one would be, and this is going to sound so weird, would be Fire Emblem Three Houses because I tried to get into that one. And I, I just still don't understand it. why you don't like that. I, I, it makes no sense to me, <laughs> <laughs> considering your gaming preferences. But yeah. Yeah, like it might have been like a thing of that time, which I just wanted like a traditional Fire Emblem experience, which Three Houses is not. And maybe that put me off from enjoying the game and I just drop it after a couple of hours. 
But yeah, that's. I think that would be it, unless I remember something. Um, a little bit later. Hmm. I've got a couple that are. Yeah, so like the first one for me is like Eco Shadow of the Colossus Last Guardian, like that comedy. Humble. Yeah, like on paper they really sound like games well, that we got. Yeah, right. right. Sounds like games that I should enjoy. They're like interesting art pieces with compelling narratives and unique gameplay. But I just, every time I've tried, I just bounce off so fast. Like they just never seem to grasp me. And I and I think I think I know what part of it. So like Eco, I just, I think I only tried like, and I was like, I don't give a fuck. Um, but like Shadow of the Colossus, I think the problem with that game for me too is that you, you, you kind of had to be there, you know? Like it was, I think, revolutionary for its time. And like when it came out, it became such an important game for people to play and learn about. And it's been so discussed now that like, I don't know if, I will get anything out of playing it, you know? Like, I imagine had I not known a lot about the game, maybe I would have, like, persevered a little more. But where it's been so discussed ad nauseum, I just kind of find nothing kind of pulling me forward through it. Um, I think of all of the games, mechanically, it's the most interesting of them. Um, Because you are getting to, you know, the climbing the giant beast is really interesting. It's just that since that happened, games tried to play scale big time, right? Like God of War in particular was like, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> They're like, but what if we made it fun? <laughs> you're like, okay, <laughs> and brainless. You know, like that's like honestly what it was like. It was like, Ooh, let's make it fun and brainless. We'll have a good time. And they were right. Um, Last Guardian is just a little jank, um, unfortunately. And you got you. We waited so long for that game. It was just, it just was overhyped in the end, you know? Um, I'm shocked it even came out, truth be told. Honestly. I genuinely thought that would just get dropped eventually, kind of thing. And it's not, it's not broken. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's a game, it's a fully playable game. It's just, you know, um, it just feels a little janky at times. But yeah, I just wish, I don't know why. They just don't connect with me. Um, I know for some people, they're like such hugely important games, but I guess that's also the thing. They're very, like I hate to use the word artsy, but like they're sort of unique takes. And so if you don't like, there's just a higher chance that some people aren't going to vibe with that. You know? I mean, the, the weird thing with, I can't speak to the last guardian cause I haven't played that, but I completed the, the PS3 ports of the other two. Mm. Uh, the weird thing always seemed to be that they were lauded for their narrative. And I actually definitely... didn't really think there was much of one. Like I get that mm-hmm. there's subtext, there's things that are, kind of shown but completely untold um mm-hmm. i just thought the narrative was weak and the gameplay was weak and yeah. so what what do you have at the end of it it's not much i know and and see i think the thing is that at the time um subtlety was like let's be real ps3 era games doing subtlety well, PS2 era, because that's, that's where they actually came. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even better. PS2 era, right? Like, I think at the time, yeah. it was such a, like, what? This game doesn't try to, like, bear down its entire story on you. And it's... it's so Console players especially, yeah. Right? And so I, I think that kind of, like, that context is sort of needed a bit. But like you said, as we play now, it's like, well, games have learned lessons from these games. I think, well... Um, and sort of implemented them probably better and more interestingly um, as time's gone along. And so it's like, 
they're just not as maybe unique as they as they were once you know um mm. but anyway didn't connect with me and then the other one too so there's two the wario land 4 and like the wario land series in general i don't know why these are games that should be right at my house. I love these platformers. I I love this sort of thing. And like, I just, I just bounce off them every time. And I'm like, I don't know what it is about it. Like maybe it's the having to run back through the level thing. Like, I don't know. It just, for some reason, it just, I can't connect with it. Maybe it's Wario's kind of bulkiness that I don't love. Like, I don't, I don't know. There's something about it. And like, they're good games, you know, but they just. They're mid. They, yeah. They're very up and down. That's fair. I really haven't played them enough to know if they're, perfection or not so <laughs> yeah, that's totally fine. um and the last one is metroid prime i i should love these games they're boring ass slogs i just they're fucking boring man like i like i'm sorry i and i'll get hate for this in some parts but like dude the amount of where do i go in these games and like backtracking and oh dude i'm sure at the time they came out i am certain at the time they came out they were phenomenal exciting crazy incredible things but uh it's been a long time now um <laughs> metroid prime uh i hate to say it is an old fucking game um like i think when did it come out uh 2003 okay we were talking about a snes game that came out in 1997 all right this game is like almost 20 years old now holy shit <laughs> right um it's just one year Right? Well, yeah. Why would you say that? What? Why would you say that out loud, man? <laughs> it's getting oh. there, man. It's getting there. So this is the thing where I'm just like, it's been a long time now. Um, and it's it's okay. <laughs> but I just could never get into it. Like I found when I played Metroid Prime, I was just like, it just felt slow and empty, you know? And I get it because it's a GameCube game. And there's only so much you can do on that. But it was just a lot of hallways, a lot of walking back and forth. Uh, where am I supposed to go now? Okay, that's what I do. All right. Uh, I'm sure Prime 4 will be wonderful. Um, but yeah, that crossing fingers. Actually, I'm not sure it'll be wonderful, actually. I'm very concerned it won't be, but <laughs> we'll see. I mean, it, it can only be a good sign that they've started again. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that can only be a good thing at this stage. It can become a bad thing, but like... If it was so bad that they went back to the drawing board, I think that's always better call than just trying to shit out whatever you had. Right. And the thing is, like, obviously, keep in mind, like, this is, again, me talking about games that I should have vibed with because they should be wonderful, and then I didn't. So um, mm. I know there's a rabid fan base for these games because, you know, it's Metroid. And, but I, I do think, too, like, the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I, it's a small group, too, though, right? And I think they it, this, these games found their niche. And for those who love them, they love them. Um, and then everyone else bounces off pretty fast. <laughs> um, I don't know. I like my Metrovania is fast and tight. That's not what this game is. <laughs> anyway, I'm done shitting on Metroid. Um, and do you guys have any others that you... Uh, that you missed there? No, I don't think so. Not that spring to mind. Uh, but if the listeners have any that they'd like to throw in, or if they'd like to excoriate us for our opinions on their favorite games, mm-hmm. uh, as always, they can, you can, because this is parasocial. You, <laughs> you can go and like, <laughs> comment, share, all the things. Feed the algorithm. The algorithm is hungry. Give yeah. the algorithm dinner. Tell us what you like, because the reality is the best game in the world 
still won't appeal to some people. It's just how it is. <laughs> there are a couple people that have said like they're not super sold on 13 Sentinels, I guess, Rin. But, you know, the majority <laughs> of people. <laughs> There's a game that, I sh- that should have gelled with me, but never did. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah, that game's... Well, but play it on Switch. I feel like Switch is where you'd really buy... I mean... It, I can't play it again in the story. Time, you've already had your first shot, but yeah. yeah. I have to say, I do think that the big part of it is that I played it during the craziest heat wave. I was, I was almost, I was almost delirious throughout that week. My, my mm. fiance would actually tell me, she was like, I remember talking to you sometimes that week. You sounded a little crazy sometimes. <laughs> I, was like, I felt crazy. <laughs> so I was going to say, I had heat exhaustion, I think. So <laughs> it's worth saying as well. That game was developed initially for Vita. Um, and they, they couldn't make that port work, whether it's technological, uh, market factors, whatever. I feel like it being on Switch is very much full circle. Um, yeah. and, and I'm looking forward to playing that game again in the future on Switch. Um, so if anyone's listening they haven't played it yet, by the sounds of it, Switch performance is excellent. I feel like Switch mm-hmm. is absolutely the way to play that game. I agree. I, I truly think had I played it on Switch, probably would enjoy it more. I also, like, you have to keep in mind with the podcast, like when you're playing something in order to discuss, mm. it changes your experience of it. Right. Like, because now you've got a bit of a timeline to get something done on. And it's like, you know, and, and I actually have to say, I, I, I feel like I have respect too for games journalists and, and reviewers and stuff. Like, because when you have to, when you have to beat a game, it really does drastically alter your experience of that game because yep. you just it's a job at that point. Right. Um, which it's just it's just the reality. Um, all right. Shall we move on to our favorite? How long to beat the game? Uh, we're starting, like we said, a whole new round this time because Rick won the last one. And so Rick has generously agreed to start us off. Um, so Pal and I... What doozy it's going to be we're starting with. Ooh. Yeah, so no, go ahead. Let, let's tell everyone really quickly how this works. For those of you who somehow missed season one of the new format... Um, we take it in turns to host. I will randomly pick a game. Um, and my wonderful co-hosts um, will pick what they think the main, main plus 100% times are for that game in secret. Each of those is worth one point each. I will then pick a bonus question, which in this instance, I'm going to flag is going to be how many people have this coming game backlogged. Uh, that's worth a further two points. So five points each up for grabs maximum. Um, and if we if we get a match, both people get a point. We're not being stingy. Um, the game this week is quite a funny one, actually. Uh, Conception Two: Children of the Seven Stars. Oh, I know this one. Yeah, you know this. Game. Oh. It, it's, yeah, yeah, I know this one. It was on Vita, so immediately kind of elevated. The con- <laughs> the concept of this game, no pun intended, is that you are. Um, this is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This looks like an anime like fever a dream. Crawler RPG thing, but like you, you develop your party, if I remember correctly, by having not relationships, but relationships with these like star children, and then you're like fighting with your oh, offspring fuck. alongside you. It's a bit of a strange one, yeah. Now there was another game a little bit like it on Vita, but without the smut with like Sumi art style that I can't remember the name of, but like actually looked incredible, and I ended up buying a physical runoff because they reprinted it very late in the Vita's life. Um, this is like the Atlas Uwui anime version of, um, 
I think it did get ported to PC and a couple of other things, but it started out on Vita. Um, and I think the original got like a remaster for some inexplicable reason as well. But um, yes, Conception 2, Children of the Seven Stars. Uh, if you can both privately message me, your main, main plus 100%. And I would also like to know how many people you think have this game backlogged on howlongtobeat.com. Mm, backlogged. Okay. I like that idea. Uh, I don't know on this one. This might be this might be an all you one, Paula. Um, I don't know because I know the game. I remember reading the times, but I don't remember jack shit about it. Yeah, I feel like I'd be exactly in that position if this was me. I'd be like, I know that game. I don't know anything about it, but I know it. I know absolutely nothing about it. So, <laughs> like, I'm assuming just based on. Um, yeah, okay, I've got some ideas, but I don't I don't know. I don't fucking know. God. While you two are working it out, just for the benefit of the audience at home, I'm going to read out the, the description <laughs> on the website because it's fucking amazing. Conception 2, Children of the Seven Stars, a unique dungeon-exploring RPG with school life elements. Uh, in the world called Aterra, where the star god is worshipped, monsters <laughs> have begun to form from the mysterious labyrinth. However, the star god has imbued certain young adults, disciples, with the power to fight monsters as well as create star children to aid in the battle. Only disciples and star children can defeat their monsters, and you, as God's gift, have an additional way to, <laughs> to bond with seven other disciples and bear many star children to help your world survive. Alright. I made my guesses. I don't know. This was this one is a weird one. Yeah, this um... is a toss-up for me. I, I... Could get lucky, could not. Yep, so I have all the things from Alex. I now need all the things from you, Pal, and no pressure. (laughs) But lots of pressure. I I just love the the player characters. God's gift. That's just... God's gift, that is pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, this does not sound like a game that I'm going to (laughs) play. Yeah, no, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) A little too uwu for me. (laughs) Oh, man. I have yeah, downloaded let, that. Let me game. find the chat and I'll send you the times. You said. <sighs> it was people who had the game backlog, right? Yes. How many, pe- how many people have this game backlogged on? Yeah, I just, I just checked now and I definitely failed all this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did I okay, did actually, for part of it. I think people are playing it, but it's a grand total of one. And I thought that was a bit of a. Yeah, I, I oh, fucked cool. this one up big time. I mean, I think I did good on times, but I fucked everything else up. <laughs> oh, God. Uh... Or is he just trying to finesse you, Paola? This is Yeah, maybe I am. The... The 100% is so weird because I know how many characters the game has, but I don't know if 100% it probably on, should be like... Submit! Submit! <laughs> <laughs> Putting the pressure on it. I just don't want her to uh, think too much. <laughs> no thinking! <laughs> That said, while you are thinking, I should let you know, Alex, I ordered those um, Profound Waste of Time magazines. Nice! Nice! I mean, not nice is that there is no free shipping there. within the UK, which would have been cool. I ended up paying like eight quid for that. But oh. oh, that's They're, they're on I their paid, way. So. Good. Oh, man. Yeah, you well, have that, to... That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the region lock books on Amazon as well. I'm not sure I if I'm going to... I sent it to Rick, right? That, yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah, imagine if you'd sent... To be fair, Alex already sent his, so it wouldn't be the end of the world. I do have both. Mm-hmm. So that is all good. Ooh, all right. Some interesting situations here. So, mm. 
<laughs> let's have a look. So, main story. Alex has put 35 hours. Pal has put 40 hours. The time oh. is 41 and a half hours. Oh. So that's first, point. That's first yes. plus Paola. Uh, main plus. Um, Paola has put 55. Mm-hmm. Alex has put 40. Uh, the actual time is 50 hours. So point oh. number two Paola. I fucked this up. Yeah. Uh, 100%. Alex has put 60 hours. Paola has put 70. The actual time is 62 and a half. Cool. So I got two one to Alex. Going into the bonus question now. How many people have this game backlogged on? I'm pretty site? sure Paula got this one. <laughs> Let's see. Alex said 50. Yeah. The actual number. Well, what did Paula say? Hold on. <laughs> 434. Paula guessed 15. Oh shit! Oh, what? oh, 434 yeah. people have this dead ass game on their backlog. Damn. All right, so I got shame three points. Shame on all 434 of you, but not shame on Alex who snatched yeah. the victory. With three points to two in the first round of this. Okay, okay. I thought I was, I was expecting that much. Neither was I. I. Do you know That's... what? I genuinely thought you would have put higher. I, I think the same as Alex when he saw the number is like, Pat is probably going to get this. I thought she, yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. But then again, I guess, yeah, I, I was trying to play it safe because I was like, I don't know how many could possibly have this backlog. But I guess this must be a fairly popular game then, or at least a game that people aspiringly want to beat. <laughs> I think it's an Atlas RPG. I think that that's the long and the short of it. Right, but I, 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 I also that. think yeah. if I'd been in your shoes and been asked that question, I probably would have stuck to double digits somewhere as well. I don't know if I would have gone yeah. into double digit. Um, no. So yeah. That's a good one. That That is a good one. And yep. it's a, a good start to the new run of how long to beat the game. Neck and neck. Mm-hmm. Alex and Paul are going into next week. Yeah, which will be my hosting, and then Rick, you'll have a chance to uh, to come get up and board. see how far we get. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, we'll see you next week.